Hello everyone, welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October that we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host Otis and tonight I am joined by Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing the 2011 horror comedy anthology film Chillerama, the ultimate midnight movie. Yeah, you got anything better? No. Are there horror anthologies that aren't comedies? That's what I got out of that like description of this movie because like i don't know if any horror anthologies VHS. that aren't funny oh i guess that's like the only one <laughs> almost all the other one i think all the other ones that we've watched so far are funny as fuck like intentionally funny there's i'm gonna sit you down and have you watch abc's of death that's a good one that's fine yeah hit that music the squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight For the horror movie list began to grow in size And suddenly, to their surprise They watched them all It was the scream of With no lights on All frozen, no cars Happy spookies, everyone This is episode 18 of the Halloween Screamathon. Man, we're, we're getting there We got 13 more So tonight, this is another film from... Little old Otis's past, not little old Otis's, it came out in 2011, it's 11 years old, but this was one that Trell and I found, there was, I, I'm still in a kick of anthology films, I think they're some of the best ways to show off horror to somebody, because usually the stories are 15-20 minutes, maybe even shorter than that, we've seen Christmas ones that were pretty solid, we've seen, there's tons out there, but Chillerama, so... This one's pretty special to me because a lot of the directors, they have done different things and they've actually teamed up and done movies together. So, if for the uninitiated, this it's an anthology film, which means there's little pieces. So, it has the cover of being at a drive-in theater. So, I like to think that everybody in the world knows what a drive-in theater is. Well, maybe not. Yeah. So... It's a way you can watch movies, and you stay in your car, and you can turn the radio to the right frequency, you can hear the movie, and it's usually a double feature. And so, it's a cool way that if you have a lot of crazy kids, or it's a pretty intimate date, honestly, and it's you can watch a movie from the comfort of your car. Hopefully you have a comfortable car. <laughs> so, Katie and I, we went and watched, you remember what we watched? It was a, what, We're the Millers, and... Something else that came out uh, around the time. Some double of, feature. Yeah, of We're the Millers. I, I remember that. We watched that. Because that was right before our uh, trip to... I don't know. I don't know when that was. I think was. our San Antonio trip was right before that. Oh, yeah, that makes I sense. I think so, yeah. So, I, I love driving theaters. It's I've seen so many things. Went to see Congo when I was a little kid. I didn't want to watch it right then. But I watched silently Batman Forever. Because it was out at the same time. So I watched on another screen. I was like, damn, Batman's awesome. <laughs> so, but this one, it's in a drive-in theater. There are, there's an overlying story about, spoiler, zombies, monsters happening. And every movie that goes by, that story just kind of builds up. But then every movie is just some different genre and style of horror movies. And so we have the... 1950 monster movies where it's like you know forced perspective and it's like oh giant gila monster oh, and people running away from it and then we have a musical <laughs> based on like the lost boys and grease and things like that about werebears <laughs> and then we get another silly one and it's mixed with the diary of anne frank and frankenstein and so, and it's, it's, this is a wild movie and tons of silliness to it, but one of the movies, and probably one of the better ones, it was written and directed by Adam Green, and if you know us here at Allentown Presents, Adam Green is one of our favorites, because he did the Hatchet movies, and the story, the Diary of Anne Frankenstein, it's everybody that is in or was going to be in a Hatchet movie at some point. All played people in it. And I thought that was absolutely awesome. So we get Kane Hodder as Meshuggah. 
the the Jewish Frankenstein. It, it's crazy. So, like I said, we'll get to that. So, uh, but Katie, what did you think about Chillerama as a whole? And then, if you want, you know, the little stories. But what did you think of it as a whole? Um, it was a fucking journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say like half a thumb up. Yeah. There was like four skits and like one of them deserves a thumbs up and the other ones were just like, yikes. Uh, I guess a thumb up. There was two in there that yeah. were cool, but the other two were just like gross. Um, This movie took like what is a normal comedy or horror comedy anthology, um, like the trick or treats and the... um. What is that other one called? Tales, Tales of Halloween, Halloween yeah. and Mortuary Collection. They kind of took those. And rather than being serious, they went like fucking like elementary school poop jokes with it. Like, yes. Like this is the, what even is a, like this is the road trip of horror comedy anthologies. So if you do not like gross shit, and I'm not talking about like blood and guts because this is a horror podcast, like. Aside from blood and guts, like if you don't like gross shit, like bodily function type stuff, don't watch this movie. Just don't. Just avoid it. Um, Because it's gross. <laughs> so Katie is speaking truths. Every time I watch this, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Half of it, it's a mess. But there, there are... Shining stars. Actually, more than Mess. half of it is actually Mess. like shining stars. The whole frame, the, the frame story around this, like all this, the cut-ins to the drive-in theater, I thought was really cool. Like, I think I think the yeah that story's good. And then the, the Anne Frankenstein story I, is one of my good. absolute favorites. I love it. It's stupid as hell. So that's too good. And then I like. Too bad. I was a teenage werebear. I just wish the singing was a little bit better in it. But I, I, that, I would watch that musical. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. That story made no sense. Not at all. <laughs> but if they fix it up as a musical, they would fix things in it. But yeah, there were some, some poop ones in it. But just like any anthology story, there's going to be one or two stories. You're like, I didn't need that. Mm. And then one shining star, you're like, that was, that was worth it. That was worth this whole shitty journey. <laughs> I get to see that one thing. So it, it, like I said, in a group... This is pretty fun. If you're by yourself, you kind of got to be kind of diehardy. Even in a group, that the very first one is just, that's a lot. I, yeah. I would not be comfortable watching that with anyone that wasn't you. Yeah. Like, if there was anyone else in the room watching that, I would be like, why are we watching this together? Like, it's essentially yeah. watching, it's like on the brink of, like, kind of porn. Yeah. But worse, <laughs> but it's worse than porn because like it's not like a normal horror movie where it's just like oh this opened up and there was sex and like a lot of sex like okay whatever like you know someone's gonna run in and kill them all but no this is just like bodily fluids and gross yeah. and and it just kept getting yeah. grosser <laughs> it just kept building yeah there it, was no so there was no reprieve from it it was just, like the whole story just kept building and building and building until it was just super disgusting you could say it exploded a master exploded (laughs) but like yeah katie's katie's hitting all the points uh i would not show this to somebody as their first one no this is a this is a you've been dancing dancing in a shitty part of the cemetery for a long time and you see this and you're like yeah this was bad but this is not for anyone who is like oh let me dip a toe into the horror scene no you will never come back if you watch this movie first this is for people who have run out of movies to watch (laughs) like like if you were like oh i've seen all of these movies let me watch thanks killing um okay you're you're the audience that chillerama was that you're the one you're the one. That's that's where you're at. Yeah. If you're at the bottom of the barrel and watching shit like fucking Thanksgiving, Chillerama wants you to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll this, be okay. This used to be on Netflix and they, I, I don't know what happened. I understand why they took it off. And it was this whole, like, Terrell and I would watch so many bad, scary movies that it would intentionally show us B 
and like C grade D. horror movies. Yeah. yeah. It would show us those. And I'm like, I don't even know you could search for shitty horror movies. And we'd watch them and we'd laugh. And so Chillerama popped up. I'm like, well, I love anthologies. Yeah, I'll give this a shot. And I'm like, this is terrible. And then the Anne Frankenstein popped up. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and me and Terrell, that was like our favorite. We were just laughing. I'm like, this is so bad. It's so stupid and so good. <laughs> but no. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll talk about the overarching story, just like VHS. But this overarching story is one of the best things about it. And then we'll go story by story and we'll just go like that. Yeah. So... Uh, there's not any real fun facts. Every movie has nods to different types of movies, like I said, or jokes like that inside things. But no, this is just a whole lot of friends getting together to make shitty B movies. What you'll notice, or what you might recognize if you've watched, stuck with us here and watched a whole bunch of these, we'll call them poop movies, I guess. Mm -hmm. People who make poop movies, directors and stuff nod to everything in their films because if you love horror movies enough to make your own shitty horror movie you want you're you're gonna want to put all of your horror knowledge and like love of horror into it it's not just like oh yeah i already make billions of dollars and this studio gave me a billion dollars to make a movie like like, yes, those people do put in a couple of nods here and there. Oh, yeah. Particularly Jordan Peele. He's been really good at that. Oh, yeah. Um, But most people don't. And they all have their own, like, signature calling card. Like, Sam Raimi does the, like, hand popping up out of the ground. <laughs> Everyone has that kind of thing. All those older directors, older horror directors have that kind of thing. And then all the younger directors and B, C, D horror movie directors... Throw in little nods to all of those things that they absolutely love from their favorite people. So yeah. this movie is full of those and gross. Yeah. <laughs> so the frame narrative to this, the overarching story, is about a just a guy we learn at the beginning. And he has dug up his dead wife's corpse. corpse and he is just yelling at her, pouring booze on her face. And he's like, happy anniversary, baby. And... He proceeds to make the corpse give him oral sex. But unfortunately, for some reason, it doesn't explain why she wakes up. She's a zombie and bites his balls off and has junk a little bit. And so now he is in pain and kills the zombie and crawls out of the grave. He gets a call. Someone didn't turn up for work. At the drive-in theater. So he's got to come in on his day off. And he's pissed off. But he'll be there. bleeding from his penis. Yes. So he limps all the way to the drive-in theater. And he's starting to look kind of bad. And the blood's blue now. Well, every the blood throughout the whole movie was blue. Yeah. As soon as she bit it, it was blue. Yeah. And everyone else's blood in this movie is also blue. Yeah. And so he's limping into the... At least in this section. Yeah. He's limping to the drive-in theater. And it's funny, they show the four movies that we're going to play tonight. So the first one is called Wadzilla. <laughs> Number two is I Was a Teenage Werebear. Number three, The Diary of Anne Frankenstein. And the fourth one is Death... Hmm, I'm going to mess up. Deathication. But then we'll find out what happens yeah, yeah, with that yeah, story yeah. later. It's... Oh, man. So we meet up with Toby. Like Toby Hooper. The guy that made Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm telling you. Uh, Mena and Ryan, they are in a car together, and they seem to be the main characters, obviously. They're out there doing, like, f- you know, five degrees of, you know, Kevin Bacon with horror movie people and oh, stuff yeah, like six that. Oh, of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, they're, they're playing those games and stuff, and they're excited, and they talk about that this is the last night for the drive-in theater because it seems like it was bought by some evil company. You know how it works in movies where... The bad guys buy something off and it's like the last night and everything's gonna, you know, it's all sad and one tear comes out of your eye kind of situation. So they're there to just make sure that Mr. Kaufman, he owns the drive-in theater, has a good night and hopefully figures out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. We get a zoom in into the projection booth and Mr. Kaufman's looking at a picture of his dead wife and she was the one that taught him how to get the movies ready and do all this stuff and she's gone they don't explain why she's gone but uh he puts the gun to his head he's he's about to blow his brains out and then 
hey, it's that drunk worker that got his junk bit off. He comes in, and he's like, oh, well, I already got the first movie set. He's like, why do you look so bad? And why are your pants, what's on your pants? What have you been sticking your dick in? And he's like, nothing. And he's like, well, go down to the food court and see if, and see if Desi needs any help down there. And he's like, all right, Captain. And he's looking even, even worse. So we get a couple of zoom-ins to certain characters we'll see later in the movie. So Ryan, his older brother, is actually working for the company that bought the drive-in theater. And he is there tonight to make sure that Mr. Kaufman doesn't do anything weird or try to do a lock-in or do something goofy to the property because they technically own it. And he's got his, I guess, slutty girlfriend with him. And then we see there's a couple with a baby. And I don't think they're related to anybody, but they, they keep zooming in on them a couple of times. So I assume they're probably family to somebody's like director or something. They're like related to somebody because they keep showing them. And so... We get the first movie started, and that is Wadzilla. So this story is about a guy that goes to get his sperm count raised, and he gets this experimental medicine, and it makes his one sperm gigantic, and it keeps growing, and it is attacking New York City. So the director of the movie is actually the main character, Miles, Adam Rifkin, and then there's tons of like famous people in this. Ray Wise, I remember him from Fresh Off the Boat, mm-hmm. and he was the neighbor. And then he was the devil in the show Reaper. I will always talk about Reaper because that show is fucking good and it shouldn't have been canceled. <laughs> Makes me sad inside. And we get Eric Roberts. So Julia Roberts is brother. And he's always a villain and stuff, but he's not a villain in this. And so he's General Bukaki is his name. So you know you know where we are. This is the kind of situation. And then Lynn Shay. Hey, you remember the older cool lady from the Insidious movies that dies in the first one? It's it's her. And when I saw her the first time, I was like, I love her. Yeah, Lynn Shay's fucking awesome. Elise. Yes, Elise. She is a hard ass. So, so it's fun to see her. And Lynn Shay is in almost every story. She just pops up somewhere. Because Which, if you got her to be in your movie, why wouldn't you put her in everything? I'd have had Ray Wise in everything, too. I, honestly, the older people, I'd have tried to have them in everything. But I guess they were like, ah, you got me for two days. I'm like, okay. <laughs> put this hard hat on and act like you're trying to blow stuff up. But yeah, Lynn Shea, I would have her in everything. So I'll be real quick about this story because it's pretty simple. So this guy, he goes to the doctor because of his sperm count. And Ray Wise, he like zooms in on his sperm and he shows him like natural like healthy sperm and it's like billions of them dancing and it shows his sperm and it's this one sperm cell and it's slow and sad and it's just like i'm trying i'm trying bud and so dr weems is his name and dr weems gives him this experimental pill radioactive and other things he's like take this pill and you know everything should be fine he takes the pill at breakfast and the next time he sees just a hot lady and gets aroused he gets this shooting pain in his groin. His buddy tells him, he's like, oh, you probably like sat on your balls, which is an actual thing, and it fucking hurts. Or you twisted up the nerves. I have not had a ball, uh, it's what, torsion, I think it's what it's called, when the ball like turns, if it twists. That is a very painful thing, and if it messes up enough, you have to go to the doctor and get that shit like actually like surgically worked on if your ball gets twisted up. It makes no sense why that would be so hard to fix. But yeah, a twisted ball is terrible. (laughs) Balls are horribly weak. It's a terrible weak spot on men. So little by little, he keeps getting into pain when he sees a hot lady or he gets aroused in any way. He's grabbing at his just junk and he's like on the ground in pain. So he goes on a date with uh, with a a friend of a friend. Her name is Louise. And I have seen her in tons of stuff. She's an actual, like, legit Maxim model. And I, but I've seen her in something. I can't, I just can't put my finger on it. Maybe probably a Maxim cover, I guess. But he sees her, and she looks amazing. And he grabs his junk, and he's like, excuse me, can I use your restroom? And so he goes to masturbate, so hopefully he can feel better. He does. And the sperm flies out of his body, and it is the size of a football, which I don't understand how that came out of his body. And so he is in the restroom fighting off the sperm cell, and he catches it and flushes it down the toilet. 
Louise comes in because all she hears is struggling and screaming. And the restroom is destroyed. And then the sperm comes out of the toilet. It's even bigger. And tries to attack Miles and Luis. And so it aims at Luis's, like, just crotch. Vagina, yeah. And Miles grabs it and swings it like a shot put and flies out the window. And the sound it makes when it's, like, doing anything is like... And it just, like, jumps over the fence and just scoots into the night. So it is just attacking people, eating them, and gets bigger and bigger. And so they see on the news, it is as big as a house and is just attacking people. And so they learn that Wadzilla is looking for something its size that it can go into. It's looking for... Something uh, to impregnate. Yes. And so it sees the Statue of Liberty. And so Wadzilla is on his way through the water to the Statue of Liberty. And now it is now like the size of Godzilla. It's no longer the size of a house. It's the size of Godzilla. And it has teeth like Godzilla. (laughs) So it sees the Statue of Liberty and in its eyes, the Statue of Liberty... Has like the tassels on it on its boobs and is like spinning the tassels. And Wadzilla's like, that's where I want to go. So Wadzilla s- spirals around the Statue of Liberty and is humping it. And so General Bukaki attempts to put a condom over both of them because that's how you trap sperm. You put a condom over it, but the condom rips. And Miles is like, well, does anybody have another one? And they, everybody starts po- patting their pockets, <laughs> but they don't have another condom. And so, plan B, and they just shoot missiles at the Statue of Liberty, and they explode everything. And then we get, I forgot the name of the classic piece, but it's the, it's the, uh, the bum, 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 oh, the joy? Yeah. It, that plays as, I don't know what it is, but just everyone gets a bucket of clear-ish translucent translucent slime thrown in their face like it's like buckets of jizz and everybody gets hit they don't show eric roberts get a bucket thrown in his face he's just covered in slime so he probably said i'm not getting a bucket thrown at me yeah yeah but everybody else was like yeah fuck it i'll do it yeah and so everyone's sitting there and louise miles and louise they they fall in love they've gone through struggles you know and that's the best way to fall in love with somebody and so Louise goes in for a kiss, and Miles turns his head because she's got semen all on her face. And he's like, eh. And then he says, fuck it. And he finally kisses her on the lips. It, so many jokes toward semen and, and stuff like that. That was the first movie. And Toby and Mena and Ryan, they were like, what the hell was that? And honestly, <laughs> if you've made it through this one, if you made it all the way through Wadzilla and continue watching it, you've passed, you've. You would deserve a fucking medal. Like, that's the the hardest part. It's yeah. so bad and gross. Yeah. One fun fact: the special effects were done by the Chiodo brothers. We have not watched the biggest movie that they did, but one day we will watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm. They also did Ernest Scared Stupid. They did the special effects and Team America. So I did bring them up at some point, and they did creators. Like I said, we're gonna do some more of the movies, um, but no, this one that was an absolute journey. So we go back to the the drive-in theater. So the worker that got his junk kind of bit off by the zombie, he is in the back and he is trying to find relief for his junk. So he's being extra just horny and weird. So he's trying to beat off in the back. So he dunks his hand into the butter and uses that as lubricant. And someone walks to the back. I lied. I lied. I said you were through the gross part. Yeah. This This is like the last nasty spot. Yeah. (laughs) So Desi. Hey, Desi looks familiar. Yes, she was in Victor Crowley. She was the dark-haired girl that survived to the end. So hopefully she's going to meet up with Mary Beth in the next one. And they're going to team up and fight Victor Crowley again. And she was the one that... Oh, damn. I can't remember his name. The one that wanted to be an actor and he was shitty. But he was. Uh, she told him that she had a dick, and he still fell in love with her. And he's like, "I still love you, even though you have a dick." And she looks at everybody. He's like, "I don't have a dick." I said that earlier as a joke. <laughs> he's like, "I'd give you my babies," and then kicks Victor into the big turbine. So it was cool to see her again. So Desi is looking for butter because the butter machine is out, and so 
She grabs the carton, the tin of butter, buttery blue. That is open and has his blue blood in it. That top, that top was just off. And she's like, yep, this is the one. I was like, it's just open. Air and bugs could get into this. Oh, well. It's closing down. It makes she sense. She don't give a fuck. Why does she give a shit about her job? Yeah, it makes sense that it's closing down. There's probably tons of things wrong with that place. So, every squeeze of the butter into popcorn is spreading the disease of sex zombies. So, now you understand why it spreads so quick. Because apparently the popcorn is fucking banging here. And apparently... Yeah, have you ever been to a movie theater? Welcome. Yeah. And apparently, if you start eating the popcorn, and a couple people were like, damn, this popcorn's good... The virus, I guess, tastes good or something, and they keep eating more, and then it just spreads it faster. So, well, it's like cannibalism. Yeah, and so you <laughs> once see, you pop, you just can't stop. Yeah, it's like Pringle skin. <laughs> <laughs> so you see a couple people; th- their skin's already starting to turn different colors, and so it's like it's it's happening. So the second movie starts. I was a teenage werebear. There's a lot to this movie. It actually makes me smile. So, Tim Sullivan, he's the director and the writer of this, uh, he's an openly gay man. And so, he aimed to have his movie include things in the gay culture. And so, like, the word bear, which means a big, hairy, big dude. Which there was nobody in this movie who was big or hairy. When they turned, when they were the werebears, they were bigger and they had hair. Yeah, that's right. And they had the leather. That's right. They did get. They did become like fat. Yeah. They weren't like the skinny. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's what he's going for. And it, this they just, one, they didn't spend enough time in that no, suit no, they to didn't. be like, oh yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. So the overarching story to this is the main character Ricky. He is has repressed gay thoughts and and interest obviously and this is like it this is like a 60s beach movie yes like <laughs> we're not talking this isn't like modern times like why is he repressing his gay thoughts this this is all taking place in like the 60s like they're literally on the set of like a fucking beach movie like they're doing the fucking mashed potato and like singing yeah. and dancing around <laughs> surfboards like shit's wild yeah so he's trying to hide these feelings that he has and he meets to turn it off yeah, there's like a, a light switch. There's actually uh uh what's the name of the song? Oh damn it. Purge. You gotta purge the urge. That's one of the songs. There's some solid songs in this in this movie. So uh it, it's about just a closeted kid that meets other closeted kids, but then they're not closeted. They, ha- they have an outlet to their their issues. They turn into leather daddy werebears when they get aroused. And so <laughs> this one's fun. So the one cool fun fact that I learned about this, the main character, his name is Sean Paul Lockhart. He's a, f- a former, I don't think he does anymore, but he's a former gay porn star. A lot of the actors in this movie have done gay porn because a lot of actors, straight actors, didn't want to do this role. And a lot of the gay ones just, I don't know, didn't want to. So they found actors that would do it. And I, 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 I like it. It's silly. It's very silly. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music, it's all original music. Some of the actors cannot sing, unfortunately. But then uh, his name's Talon. He's the one that bites Ricky and gives him his werebear powers. He actually has a pretty solid, like, Elvisy voice. I thought that was really cool. But this one is just... It, it's, it's a whole lot of metaphors to repressed thoughts and urges and stuff. And then uh, there's a cool overarching like thought to it ricky wants to find a good way to coincide with straight people and talon that's his name uh the one that gives him his powers talon's like no we gotta get rid of all the straight people because they're never going to accept us for what we are and so it's a like i said yeah (laughs) there's a lot of cool metaphors to it it you know you gotta scratch past that silly like uh what's the word musical layer to it so talon bites ricky on his butt because that's how you get the werebear powers and we see ricky goes through many trials and tribulations in this his gym teacher tries to assault him and ricky squeezes his head with his thighs and pops it like a grape that was the director of the movie so they seem to be all in their movies and there is a shower scene where the bully 
attempts to rape them because that's what you do to to get the gay out of somebody. Yeah, then yeah, you rape them in the ass. Yeah, and straight then, boy rapes gay boy in ass in hopes that he will stop being gay. Yeah, stop doing that. And so they but tr- like they, yeah, they turn into werebears and then just destroy them all. So it all ends at a dance. It's like the dance for the school, but the whole school is just like on a beach because mm-hmm. they didn't have enough money to go to actual school to do these scenes. So it's, everything's just on the side of a beach. And so at the dance, Talon and his werebear buddies, they're going to play their song. It was a pretty solid song. And they're just going to kill all the straight people there. And it's called uh, Do the Werebear. It's actually a pretty solid song. It's like one, two, yeah, one, two, three, thrust, one, two, three, thrust. Do the wear bear. And he's just thrusting. So Ricky shows up and he's going to stop Talon because Talon doesn't want to try to coincide with the straight people. He just wants to kill them all. And so Ricky uses a silver baseball bat and Lynn Shay, she is actually a gypsy in this story. So it's just like Romani person. Yes. And so she's like, um, what was it? What's the the old old school movie? Was it just the werewolf? It had another name, right? The Wolfman. The Wolfman. It's like the old school Wolfman. So she's the one warning Ricky about, you know, the werebears out in the woods and stuff. So <laughs> she helps Ricky take out the werebear friends. She hits them in their butt with the bat, the silver bat, and they turn back normal. And Ricky and Talon fight. And so Ricky. At some point, the bat has turned into like a silvery dildo-y kind of thing. It's not a bat anymore. And stuffs the metal, the silver piece, into Talon's butt. And it kills him, but it turns him, it cures him of his werebearness, I guess. And Talon tells Ricky, you're actually doing it the right way. You shouldn't kill straight people. He's like, show him, show him that we can be better. And then dies, and Ricky... Is it's like a sun a sunrise and he's like down on his knees, screaming to the sky, and that's how it ends. I'm not giving it any justice, but legit, there are some really good songs in this. Uh, Purge, Love Bit Me on the Ass is a really good one. Uh, the Dude Wear Bear, Undercover Lover is a really good song. Like I said, they made like 12 songs for this like 20 minute like short, and it's pretty fucked solid. So they were going to make a musical and actually worked it out. And they had people that worked on making films into musicals. But around 2012, it just didn't come to fruition by the projected date. And then just like how a lot of things happen with movies and stuff, it just kind of falls apart quietly after that, which is really sad. So... The director, he actually sold this movie by itself because a lot of people were like, that's pretty good. And he had this like an uncut and hairy ultimate edition is what he called it. And there's an extended version of the short and they added tons of stuff that they left out on the original Chillerama DVD. So this one, like I said, there are tons of fans of this one. And like I said, it, it would be a really funny musical if it came out. So we come back to the the theater, and now people are starting to act really weird, and you hear a lot of moaning, like zombies everywhere, and it's getting kind of, kind of weird out there. It still hasn't popped off yet, but you can tell that it's gonna go down. And so we learn that Ryan is in love with Desi, and she's the popcorn, popcorn girl behind the counter and she actually gives ryan her number and she tells him like hey you know pop back up after the next movie he's like oh yeah i promise and toby and mayna they're in love too but they don't know what to say to each other you know that old chestnut in movies (laughs) so the next movie that pops up is the diary of anne frankenstein and so this is the one (laughs) by adam green and so it's it's a silly one so Adolf Hitler's played by Joel David Moore. He was the hero in the first Hatchet movie. He was the one that died on the boat. And Mary Beth was getting pulled out of the water. And then the movie cut to black. So the one thing that Joel and Adam wanted to do 
was to make Hitler look like a fool. They weren't going to play this straight, which is the best way to do this. So yeah, never play. Yeah, <laughs> never play him straight. I mean, I guess if you're doing like a historical, true historical drama, yeah, sure. Even then, like, but just, just do it silly. But you want to? It it's got to be funny. Like producers level funny. Like you don't want to sympathize. You don't want anyone sympathizing no. with Hitler or thinking that he is was somehow in the right or was doing anything right. You yeah. want everyone to see how clearly insane the man was. Yeah. So what they did, Joel, he had just about everybody else in the movie actually speaks German. Uh, his Ava actually is a legit German speaker. So she had her mom and her, they worked on the German. And so they explained to Joel all the lines and how he should feel when he says them for Hitler. But then he didn't learn the words in German. He just says gibberish throughout the film. And it's honestly incredible. It's <laughs> so fucking funny to see Hitler just speaking clearly gibberish. Like yeah. you can t- like he's saying he's throwing in American words just straight fucking gibberish and every and the subtitles are what he was actually supposed to be saying. <laughs> um, but everyone else is just kind of the actors are all responding to him like they're doing their dialogue properly, but their facial expressions are like, "What the fuck is he saying?" Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's solid. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, he says Oshkosh Bagosh, Boba Fett at one he point. He sure does Oshkosh Bagosh. <laughs> and he says what Chipotle burrito or Chipotle peppers burrito. Yeah, at some one point, shit, some bullshit like I said, like that. They're legit English words, but it's just his acting and his emotion. It's like, oh, okay. It's it's like an actor that didn't learn the the lines. Yeah, but he does a good job. He throws like the temper tantrums that we've seen in many other like make fun of Hitler movies. So yeah. it, it's a good one. So we get Kane Hodder and Joel David Moore, and then in the background we see the the actress Desi from Victor Crowley. She's Anne Frank in the back, and she's the one right when they come in through into the the house. She's just like. With a surprised look on her face the whole time. Yeah, that was Desi. She, because she, it, like I said, we'll get into this. So we see <laughs> Hitler. He is trying to create the perfect killing machine to win the war, and so he finds out that the family of Victor von Frankenstein, they have plans and they've tried to make a, a make a person, and so he finds the home, and he tells the family. I just want the plans. I'm not going to kill you. It's like, I know everybody thinks I'm a bad guy, but just give me the plans and I'll leave. And the dad's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, peaky promise? And he's like, okay. And then everybody starts laughing and Hitler's laughing and he pulls out a gun and shoots the whole family and one of his soldiers. The soldiers is in the way and shot him. And then Anne Frank's like, I'm not even with this family and shoots at her and she goes down. And so they get the plans and they head back into the Nazi camp to make their Frankenstein. So, very much for German fare, they have pieces of Jewish people. And so he makes his Frankenstein out of Jewish parts. And when he builds it, this dude is gigantic. And he gives it the name Meshuggah. And... It is a Hasidic Jewish priest. Yes, he's got the hair and the... Meshuggah is a Hasidic Jewish priest... That's like eight foot tall, 300 pounds, like big as fuck. Yeah. Like, it's. It's hilarious. the size of Victor Crowley, but yeah, it's, it's Jewish. Otter. Yeah, it is, but it's Jewish. It is <laughs> fucking hilarious. So instead of using. And he's just yelling at it in his gibberish yeah. German. Oh my gosh. So instead of using electricity or lightning to bring it to life, he lights the candles of a menorah. <laughs> And the, the power of the lit menorah awakens Meshuggah. And so... It's so stupid. It's funny. When Meshuggah, his eyes open, he tells him, he's like, I name you Meshuggah. And you see Kane Hodder, he like looks around. He's like, what the fuck? And he words, what the fuck? Out yeah. Loud. And so 
Hitler teaches Meshuggah to walk and to growl and be tough. And so he tells Meshuggah to attack one of his soldiers because he's trying to put the killer instinct into him. And just yeah. like with Frankenstein, uh, he doesn't want to fight. And he looks around the room and he sees that Hitler is not a good person to the pieces that he's made out of. And so he does attack the soldiers, but not for Hitler. And he throws a dreidel into one soldier's mouth and uses the uh, the menorah to cut the top of one of the soldiers' heads off. And more soldiers come in, and he stomps one's chest in. And Ava runs at him. Hitler pushes Ava into Meshuggah. He smushes her head. And Hitler runs into another room and locks the door. Meshuggah goes to the door. The door's locked. He walks off set. And around the wall... <laughs> He breaks the fourth wall. He literally comes out of where the fourth wall would be and goes around the wall that divides the two rooms where from where he was to where Hitler was. And Hitler tells him, let's go, bitch. And they start to fight. And they go through a wall. And Hitler, it, Joel is a pretty tall guy. And so they're grappling. And then Hitler gets one of his arms ripped off. And Meshuggah smashes it against his head a couple times and knocks his head off. And then out of nowhere, the, what's that? Hava Nagila. Oh, yeah, yeah. That song starts. And Meshuggah starts dancing. And that's the end. That's the end. Of the movie. It's, <laughs> it's the shining star, really, of the show. Yeah, like. it's so good. Oh, at one point, before Meshuggah was made, Hitler starts a song about uh, how tough it is to be him. And then it cuts like it was a missing reel. And I remember the first time I watched me and Terrell, like, well, no, what happened to the song? At the end, they actually play the full song. It's hilarious how it, this little skit like lines up with um, Springtime for Hitler from the producers. Yeah. <laughs> and the song where he was, he's like trying to get everyone to take pity on him. Where he's talking about how he was just a paper hanger. And then the Reichstag came and now he was the Fuhrer and now he's in charge and... Just fucking wild. Yeah. Like, hilarity, <laughs> it's it's just fucking funny. Yeah. I would love if, like, Mel Brooks, I would love to see a video of Mel Brooks's reaction to Anne Frankenstein. Yeah, I need I think, him to watch this. I think this. he would laugh his ass off. Yeah, I think he would absolutely love it. So, at this point, we go back to the technical real world of this movie, and it's getting bad out there, y'all. Ryan's older brother, the one that's like, oh, I can't wait till this place gets torn down and burnt down and shit. He's a zombie and twists his girlfriend's head all the way around and just keeps making out with it. Eats one of the eyeballs and keeps eating popcorn. That popcorn's fucking good. The ticket taker is a straight up zombie. Desi is behind the counter and she's kind of nervous because people are kind of walking around. But they're not just biting people like normal zombies. These zombies... Are having sex with people. Uh-huh. And so they'll murder you and then just have sex with your body. Or have sex with you and then those rip parts off of you. So it's getting wild out there. So the Toby and Mena, they head up to the projection room. Because the next movie is about to start, but it, the screen's getting kind of weird. We make it up there and Mr. Kaufman's getting attacked by that first worker. The one that got bit by the first zombie. And they shoot that... Well, Mena shoots that zombie in the dick because she knows how men, where their brains are and shoots him in the dick and he instantly dies. So Mr. Coffin's like, oh shit, we need to get out of here. You kids get to your car and get out of here. I'm gonna give you two guns. Stay safe out there. And Mr. Kaufman pulls down a picture of Orson Welles and he has fucking hundreds of guns. I don't know why he didn't give him more guns and he loads up to fight. So while this is happening, the last movie starts, and it's called Deathication. So we get a, a really funny warning at the beginning from the director, and he says that this movie, they have used awesome technology, that this movie is so terrifying, so vile, that just by watching it, this movie will make you shit yourself. That's what he says. And this movie, you will shit everywhere and people will hate you after watching this movie. So, the fact that you're in this theater watching it gives us the okay that you won't sue the theater 
because you shit yourself. And then the movie starts, and it is just random shorts of people pooping. Not real poop. It's just one person's doing karate and bends over, and, like, CG poop flies out of their butt. And it's just, it's really weird. And then the real rips. And then Mayna and Toby realize that what's happening right now with the zombies, it's like they're in a movie. And then the real kind of shudders and it shows that they are the last story and i thought that was a really cool flip on things and main was like what are you talking about we're not in a movie right now and then it they are in a movie and so toby and mayna run to the car and this this part changes into different types of zombie films because it's you know the typical zombies are just swarming everywhere and then it does a first person view for a little bit and mayna is just fucking star with a gun shooting everywhere and then this is the part of the movie where we see all the zombies having all types of different and weird sex with each other people are getting intestines ripped out getting choked out by the intestines things are getting penetrated things are exploding boobs are shooting out milk dicks are getting ripped off this is a wild part of the movie so toby and mayna make it to the car and they the car won't start and so they realize that they're going to probably die. And they realize that they're both virgins. So they're going to make their couple of minutes last somehow. And so they start to do it. So Ryan goes to find Desi and saves her from a couple of zombies. But unfortunately, he doesn't see the bite that's on her ankle. And so they run into a closet to hide. And Desi's like, I really want you, Ryan. I want you real bad. And he's like... Uh, fuck it, we're gonna die anyway. And starts making out with Desi, and Desi bites his throat, and then they die together doing it. I guess that's fun. Mr. Kaufman runs out of the projection room, and he, he, every line that comes out of his mouth is a quote from a movie. He's like, no one puts baby in the corner. He's looking at you, kid. <laughs> I'll be back. And so he's throwing out all these movie quotes, and he finally gets swarmed, and he pulls the pin on a grenade and yells rosebud motherfuckers and explodes himself and so that's kind of the end of the movie everything ties in and that's the end of chillerama we do get credits at the end that show some extra scenes from every movie and then we get a really really good song called i don't want to die a virgin by the band young beautiful and young beautiful in a hurry and it's a really good ass song i actually put it in my my playlist i'd Love that movie a lot. That love that song a lot. So, Katie, what was your favorite story? Or if you have a specific character, you can also do that too. In Chillerama, I really liked a uh, zombie movie. That is the overarching film uh, or story that we're seeing throughout the entirety of the movie. Um, I didn't necessarily care too much for the like weird sex aspect that the zombies had going on um but i really liked the characters of um what mena and toby um they were really cool and the concession stands girl and the older brother oh yeah desi and ryan yeah yeah they were cool and the the guy who ran the actual place yeah mr kaufman he was mr kaufman like all the characters were really cool and they had enough screen time throughout the entire movie that you had a little bit of time to kind of sympathize with them more than any of the other characters in any of the other shorts. Um, yeah, I really liked, I liked the concept, but I really like zombie films, so. Yeah, uh, it's a tie. Katie beat me to the first one, so zombie movie, the overarching just theme of this whole movie, was really cool. I've See, never... I chose that one because I knew you'd choose the other yes. one. Yes. But I'm going for Diary of Anne Frankenstein. I It's so funny. It made me smile the first time. and That was before I even watched Hatchet, I think. Or I didn't even connect the dots that that was the same person that made that movie. It, man, it, that story makes me smile every time I watch it. I love a good story that makes fun of Hitler. And like... Just a giant Jewish Frankenstein, Meshuggah is its name, and it, oh man, the dance at the end, it's so cute, just dancing with his little hair popping around, Yeah, it's a very funny story, so, uh, but one of my favorite characters, because I picked somebody, Mr. Kaufman, and uh, his name is Richard, 
uh, what, Real, I believe is his name. Yeah. And he's been in so many different things in mm-hmm. movies. He's, he's like that cool old guy. He was in the first Hatchet. He's the one that got his leg bit by a crocodile, and then he was just useless the rest of the movie. I always remember him from Office Space. Yes. He's the guy who tries to kill himself and then gets like a huge settlement from whatever his insurance company yeah. and creates the Jump to Conclusions board. Yeah. <laughs> but he's an amazing actor, and I just like that he was on like just the edge of just shooting himself like five times in this movie, but finally keeps it together, and he's out there doing work on zombies before he gets swarmed and he guess he didn't want to have sex with them so blew himself up so katie what was your least favorite character or story uh that would be wadzilla bob (laughs) um that was just it's so just gross yeah like i guess you know monsters or whatever like godzilla style monsters like they they're cool i guess but the idea that it was just a giant sperm and then, like, the way that everything was weirdly sexualized. Like, the whole 20 minutes was just dealing with the writer-director guy, like, popping boners and trying not to make his dick explode, basically. And it was just like, okay, I'm over it. This is gross and stupid and the acting is bad. Like, go away. So, yes, Wadzilla is my least favorite story in this. The the jokes, like I said, it, it it's, it's dick and ball and sperm jokes, which is funny. But out of all the other stories, the shining stars in this is the least, it, it's the lowest one. So, let's do seven word synopsis. I probably have a couple, but I can only work out one in my head. Never thought I needed a zombie orgy. So this is the only time I've seen zombies act differently. Usually zombies, we've seen talking zombies. We've seen zombies in love. We've seen zombies that just like to eat. But we've never seen zombies that have to have sex with each other. And it, it's absurd. Like legit. It's like, it's like five minutes of just people just hump, dry humping each other. Because, you know, there's no penetration. But, uh, but things are getting ripped apart while they're just humping each other. It's Graphic and crazy, so, Katie? Werebear could have been great with better singers. Absolutely. Ugh, good songs. sometimes the gross was just too much. Yeah. If I was, like, a 13-year-old, this would have been, like, peak comedy for me. (laughs) But as an adult, I'm just like, ugh, really? We're making, this is, like, 20 minutes of sperm jokes. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, this film came out so it's weird it never came out in theaters it came out at different festivals so we'll say august 22nd 2011 i could not find a budget or box office makes sense because it never came out in theaters this is one of those movies that went around the festivals and stuff like that and so it got its name and look there could you imagine going to a fucking film festival like (laughs) Like Cans or Sundance or whatever the fuck. And you're like, yeah, we're going to see some really cool, you know, horror films. We're going to watch things, you know, along the lines of like Barbarian or American Psycho and, you know, all these like really intricate, thrillery, like (laughs) make you think type movies. And then you're like, yeah, this movie Chillerama sounds great. Like, that's a cool title. And you walk in and then you're just fucking 20 minutes of jizz jokes <laughs> like shoot me now <laughs> yeah that'd be a little crazy i could not i couldn't imagine showing this t- at a fucking festival crowd like unless it was a, like a legitimate shitty horror movie festival like you couldn't show this at like a sundance or something like that oh no so minority kill count there's only one person, and she, well, her name's Laura Ortiz. That was Desi's character. Uh, she didn't have any reason to say that she was like a minority, but she is a minority. I can't think of any other dark skinned person in any of the stories. I can't think of anybody. I think the werebears were all like they had color. Anne Frank would have been the minority. <laughs> yeah. Anne Frank, her family, and Mashugano would have been the minority. Okay, uh, I'm down to add five. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure gonna need something. God, that's such a good well, story. Well, he didn't die. He was nah. resurrected. Yeah, he was just out there dancing at the end. Yeah. So we'll just add four. Yeah. So we are at 246 and a Tito Turtle and a house full of vampires. <laughs> and, oh, I added something. Oh, and a crying book. At some point, I'm going to forget the crying book. Yeah, one. you got to forget the crying book. It's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have anything else to say about Chillerama, Katie? Uh, I've, I think I've said what i got to say about it. Yeah. I will say it, it. it's a wild one. But if you enjoy... Road Trip? Yeah. If 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 Road Trip and Scotty doesn't know, that, that kind of shit makes you laugh and stuff, I think you should give it a shot. If the first American Pie is, like, still your humor, you, you're good. Yeah, you'll have a pretty good time with this. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. If, if like, Stifler is, like, your favorite character, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. You'll have a pretty solid time with it. So, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, if you have any other cool fun facts or thoughts about giant sperm monsters or a Frankenstein that's... Jewish, that'd be pretty cool to see. You can tweet that. Uh, and what is the same Austria? Yeah, but how many freaking Jewish people were in, were yeah, in Germany? That was the whole thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, friend, friend. You could be Jewish. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> his right arm could have been Jewish, or his neck, or his big toe, or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if, if you have any other thoughts of how I should be more thoughtful <laughs> to Frankenstein, <laughs> our email is AllentownPod. We have a uh, fuck, you fucked me up. Uh, we have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. So the music you listen to right now, that is. We have an email address, and it is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. No. Okay. I'm gonna edit that. I'll, anyway. So the music you listen to right now that is flipping the combined effort, flipping to see anywhere you can find them. Studio Features, thank you so much for the artwork. So that's episode 18. We have 14 more. No, 12 more. 12 more movies. I still don't know how many days are in this month. 13. Well, technically, if this was 18 and 19, it'd be 12. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Katie cracked her hand out. <laughs> she mad. 13. She mad. I might be right. 19, 20, 21, 22, 22. Oh, if you count like that, then yes. 13. She said 18 real quick. Y'all heard I did. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few more films left. We have some pretty solid new, f- new ones coming out and stuff. And the next episode is going to be. Special guest. We're going to have a special guest from another podcast. I'm very excited. And so we're going to dip back into old Stephen King County. And we're going to do a actually a pretty good-ass one. <laughs> it was solid. I liked it. Yeah. So, like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Okay, Katie, if you had 15 minutes to make a horror movie, what idea would you come up with? I hate questions like this. <laughs> the kids I watch ask me shit like that all the time. And I'm like, if I was going to make a movie, I'd be a movie director or a writer. But I'm not. So don't <laughs> ask me questions like that. If I had an idea for a movie, it'd already be done. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i not that kind of creative. That's not that's not a thing that I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's a fucking instant movie. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> I, I still like the idea of drugged up people trying to get away from a killer. Maybe it's like, oh. <gasps> It's like a not not an AA meeting, but a, a like a meeting for like people with addictions, and the killer is fucking with them, and they're like, "We need to get back on drugs." It, it'd be such a terrible message for people, but then the crackheads get away. And, I would like a movie with a female slasher, and not uh, not a seductress. I am tired of that being the only role that women seem like bad guy women seem to get to play yeah um they're always like luring men to their thing no i want a woman that is like freddie michael jason 
like level strong and willing and wanting to hurt people. That'd be cool. That's the movie I want to see. Like, f- you could still have final girls, final, like, I don't care who the end person is, if it's girls or boys, but I would really like to see a slasher movie where the slasher is a girl. That'd be legit. A woman. I'm down. Yeah. And it can be like, a, like I don't want a witch thing. I don't want like La Llorona. I don't want the nun. I don't want Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I don't want witch. I don't want it to be about witchcraft. I want them to be fucking like legitimate, just murderous. That'd be cool. And I'm not luring you anywhere. I'm just going to show up and kill you. <laughs> so we will work on these. And no one can ever catch them because they keep changing their makeup and their hair color. <laughs> Damn, that'd be good. They're really good at contouring. They're literally a content creator. <laughs> they're a makeup content creator on YouTube, and they're super fucking popular, famous, but they also kill people. See, and just like that, she came up with a story. Yes, after I chatted it out for minutes. Hey, man. Hey, that's all it takes. We'll work on these, y'all. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.